Good morning and it's lovely to see you. It's Sunday the 26th of April and we're so glad that you could be with us. Um, I just wonder whether you've got your cup of tea or coffee, whatever your poison is, um, uh, and you've got that ready. Perhaps you've got your Bible ready. I want to thank Paul for leading us in the song of uh, 12... 12 Men Went to Spy on Canaan. Um, it was a song that I learnt when I was in Sunday school and uh, that gives you a clue as to the story that we'll be looking at today. If you're struggling with the reference, then the reference is Numbers chapter 13. So maybe you can find your Bible, maybe you get a pan out, underline stuff. There'll be some other scriptures as well. So I know some of you are in your pyjamas and all that lovely stuff, but get a notepad, get a, get a Bible, and let's uh, go through this together. Okay, so one thing that we all have in common at the moment is we're in lockdown. So the nation has either asked you to stay at home, or they've asked you to keep going to work. So within that phrase, whichever side you're on, there are massive consequences and implications for individuals, couples and families. So there's fears and worries that are starting to manifest in the midst of this time. If you've been in, it's a worry going out. If you've been out, you can be worried about what you're picking up. Journalists are asking the same questions Anyone else found that? find myself regularly shouting at the television. Um, I don't know whether it's a sign of my age, the kids say it is, but anyway. And the realisation seems to be dawning, I think it dawned on us before the journalists, that in actual fact we just need to wait and ride it out. <clears throat> there are seasons in life that come, aren't there? There are winter, spring, summer and autumn. And they just happen. And for us as a nation and as a world, this virus has come. And it's not been sent by God, but it is here. And uh, it's something that we're all having to wrestle with at the moment. I wonder whether we could just pause. And I'm just going to pray for all of us, depending on where you're at. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, I just uh, bring to you all of those people that have been asked to stay at home. Lord, I pray that you would watch over them. I pray that fear would not become too large in their, um, in their minds and in their worlds. I pray that it would be just a, a very small part of their lives. Lord, I pray for our children and our young people. I pray that they would thrive in this time. I pray that, uh, that you would bring about creativity. I pray that you would bring about um, imagination. And I pray that they would, uh, they would find creativity in what they're doing. Lord, I pray that you would take pressure off families. For people that are feeling really stressed, 
about uh, homeschooling and trying to keep up with everything. Lord, I just pray that you would intervene in people's circumstances as they juggle with homeschooling and working at home all at the same time. I pray for our older folk as they're at home and as they are um, feeling so isolated. Lord, I pray that you would cause them to have company. Company in so many different forms. Whether it's uh, a family member sitting at the top of the drive with the, on, the, on a deck chair for a chat or whether it's... Um, or whether it's a phone call or a WhatsApp video call. Lord, I just pray that you would watch over our folk. And Lord, I pray for all of our folk that are actually key workers. Lord, we pray for, our, for those that are in retail, for our civil servants, our social workers, those that are in schools and uh, education, those that are in trades and building, and finally for our NHS workers. Lord, I just pray that you would watch over each and every one. Watch over us, Lord, we'll pray. I pray that you'd help us to concentrate now um, on your word. I ask it in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so when Will and Vicky referred back to Pete Gazzaro's Emotional Healthy Spirituality, I could not believe it last week. I was sat in front of the... Because Adam manages to um, Chromecast it onto our TV. So I sat watching it and I was like, oh my days. So I couldn't believe it. So they reminded us um, uh, how, as a church and as individuals, that the series blessed us so much. And uh, for me, I was taken back to a different section. It was where Pete references about the journey through the wall. And as I've said, um, we've either got to stay in or go to work. Um, uh, and it's, it's kind of a wall at the moment. We're either isolated or performing our employed key roles. Um, and I know that we've got many key workers and I want to say thank you. But as a key worker myself... Um, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that are abiding by the rules and staying at home because it's not it, it's not easy. I, I I have the luxury of going out, but I I would it's hard. So I want to say thank you. Some of you watching may be thinking, what's she on about a wall? So sometimes a wall in your life is not an actual brick wall, but something that can turn your world upside down. It can come in the form of a divorce, a broken relationship, a job loss, death of a close family member or a friend, a diagnosis, a betrayal, shattered dream, a wayward child, a car accident, an inability to fall pregnant or a deep desire to marry which is still unfulfilled. When you're faced with a wall, it's a time where we have more questions than answers. Will I come through this and when will it end? And essentially, we're a bit like the journalists where we just keep asking the same questions because we haven't had an answer. So last week when Will and Vicky spoke about to us about limits, Jesus and how Jesus chose to live with limits, 
by being limited within human flesh, they encouraged us to pause and to ponder. Over the past week, what's God been saying to you? As you've paused, I'm hoping you've paused, what's he actually said? Hoping that's just going to come into your mind now. So the phrase from Pete Scazzaro is a journey through the wall. So whatever it is for you, whether it's at the moment it might be loneliness or isolation or um, overwhelmed by anxiety or fear or financial concerns, the future of your business or company or job. In John chapter 16 verse 33 it says I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble but take heart I've overcome the world and God wants to lead you through. But that means that you might need to listen. We need to tune in. When you look for a radio station, depending on the device you use, depends how easy it is. First of all, you select DAB, AM or FM, and then you search for the station. On an old device, you have the aerial up, don't you? And then you turn the dial to tune it to the right radio frequency. It can be tricky, and you can lose the signal if you're too far away from the um, from the signal. If you're under 22, then ask an older relative or Google it. But I'm sure there'll be a YouTube clip for you. So, radios we have to tune in, and for us, when we when we when we want to hear from God, we need to tune in. We need to say. Lord, I want you to speak to me, and then we need to pause and listen, just like Will and Vicky said last week. So God said we'd have trouble. Well, when we're in trouble, what does God say in his word? In Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41 verse 13 says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Isn't that wonderful? It says that he takes hold of your right hand. That's almost like an image of a child being crossed across the road or walking down the street together where a parent or a, or a carer would hold a child's hand. And then he says, do not fear, I will help you. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Sorry. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, 41 and 42, you sh hopefully you should see it. Is It says, Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. 
That feels like us right now, doesn't it? Or indeed, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In other words, I know there are practicalities, but sit at my feet. Because that way I can just speak to you and you can sense my presence. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, um, verse 11 to 14 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. For all of those of you that are they're in the middle of exams, they've got stuff that they're meant to be going on to, they've got careers and all these different things that they're, they're thinking, I just don't know. Don't lose heart. He's promised to give you a hope and a future. And he says, if you, then it says, if you call on me, come to me and pray. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And it says, I will be found by you. Isn't that amazing? So when we're faced with trouble and when we need a different perspective than our own, that's why we choose often to chat to a friend, family member, someone who's gone through what we're facing. And as they help us journey through our war. So for the past three weeks, I've had Numbers chapter 13 in my head and the song um, 12 Men Went to Spy in Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. So, um, and the Lord promised the people of Israel a land flowing with milk and honey. A good place, their promised land. In Numbers chapter 13, the Lord told Moses to send spies into the land and report back to the people. He was to send one from every tribe of Israel. There were 12 tribes. Hence, the 12 men went to spy in Canaan. It would make sense, wouldn't it, to have a representative from every tribe. Then they can report back what they've seen and they were given 40 days. Essentially, that's five weeks and five days. Did you know that we are five days away from 40 days of lockdown? Just thought I'd mention that in case it slipped from your memory. Anyway, now I'm not making any predictions, I'm just saying. But we can understand the time frame well because we're in it. Okay, let's read from Numbers chapter 13. I'm reading from the ESV. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up to the Negev and onto the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. So they went up, explored the land from the desert of Zin, as far as the Rehob, toward Libam Hamat. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Ahiman and Sheshia and Talmar and the descendants of Anak lived. 
And when they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran, where they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jeshuvites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those who living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. We, we seemed like grasshoppers in, the, in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we died in Egypt or in this wilderness! Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephun who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Twelve men went to explore and ten came back with a negative report and told the Israelites there was no way they could possess the land. The Israelites were putting confidence in the judgment of men and when they had the word of God to trust they didn't seem to take any notice, even though the spies had found the land as good as God had promised. God had been telling them for years, this is what he's going to do. And, and then still, when they had re the report back that the land was good, they didn't trust God for the other part of it. Commentators of this passage said, we ruin ourselves by believing the reports and representations of sense rather than divine revelation. And unfortunately, we can choose to walk by sight 
and not by faith. The spies bought a bunch of grapes with them and other fruits as proof of the goodness and bountiness of the land. But the people distrusted God's power and promise. How much, I wonder, do you stand in your own life due to unbelief? I have to say, I find myself falling short so many times. And I have to speak to myself, I have to remind myself of what God says. I need to remind myself of God's promises. Unbelief overlooks the promises and power of God and magnifies every danger and difficulty and fills the heart with discouragement. If those spies were talking to us today, they would say, there's no way through our war. We're looking through God's eyes and God's power and God's promises. And I want to tell you that there is a way through your war. Trust God's work in you. God is going to bring you through your war, whatever your war is. Now, there were two spies out of the twelve. One was Caleb and one was Joshua, who reported that the land was not just good, but exceedingly good. A very Kipling report, I think. Caleb said, we should take possession, for we can certainly do it. This wasn't just positive thinking. This was a confidence and trust in the Lord. God had been telling the Israelites for years that they would occupy Canaan and it was a rich and pleasant land. What has God promised you? What has God said about your future? What has he said about your business? What has he said about your personal life? What has he said to you about your ministry? May the Lord help us to believe. Then we shall find all things possible. Now I love true stories and I love to hear about real people. I have discovered this person's story over the past few weeks and it's amazing. So I wanted to share it with you. So forgive me if you already know it. Bethany Hamilton was born and raised in Hawaii and her whole family surfed and at the age of three to four she started surfing too. She fell in love with it and at the age of seven or eight she was hooked and started competing. Between the age of eight and nine she wanted to be a professional surfer and she continued her competitions and she just kept winning. It was all looking very promising. She had faith in Jesus and she loved Jesus and her faith in Christ grew as did her surfing ability. Bethany attended Bible studies and she knew she wanted to serve God with her whole life and to give everything she does to him. In the September of 2003, 
Bethany and her mum had been praying about what God's will was for her life and what did he want her to do? At the end of this month of prayer, Bethany wanted to glorify God through her surfing, but she didn't know how. That was in the September. In the October, at the tender age of 13 years old, which I know there are some of you that are hopefully watching this, that would be the same age as Bethany, she went out with her best friend and their family surfing. She was attacked by a tiger shark and she lost her left arm. Bethany lost 60% of her blood and it was a miracle that she survived. And she thanks God for that. Now obviously her plan had been to be a pro surfer. But she didn't know what to do. She had things pop into her head but she just wanted to try surfing. Bethany says that God gave her a real peace in every situation. Three weeks later, from having her arm bitten off, she went back into the ocean and on a third wave, she managed to get up on her board. Bethany said that at that moment, she knew she could con continue. Now, a lot of people doubted her. And she doubted herself, but God had given her an amazing ability to compete and surf and to be a light to the world. After the, the attack, she found herself instantly famous. It wasn't something she wanted, and Bethany realised this was her opportunity to share God's love, and it continues on in different ways. I wonder... Will you watch this clip? Bethany Hamilton, of course, having lost her arm, has been so inspirational for so many people, just like Winter. So really early in the stages of beginning the process of Dolphin Tale 2, we reached out to her and she was willing to come and be a part of the film. When I first got invited to be a part of Dolphin Tale 2, I got really excited and I just love that it's reaching out to an audience with a positive message. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was about five years old and my parents shared with me who Christ is and I just had pure childlike faith in God and that was just the start of this beautiful relationship that would carry me through the rest of my life and to today. Please give a warm welcome to champion surfer Bethany Hamilton. After losing my arm, I had this in my heart that I was going to trust in God no matter what was going to come my way. And I even felt like I lost surfing and my world just turned upside down, but I just had this peace in the situation that couldn't be from anything but God. I think anybody who's ever sort of had to go through something similar is heroic. I am so stoked to be here. How about everyone else? The fact that she's able to do it with such dignity and in the public eye and so openly, it's that kind of spirit that makes for a better world, I think. You can't help but love her. I mean, she's so kind and generous, and she's so inspiring for me as a Christian. She's very joyful. Uh -huh. 
You know, that's my whole life goal is just being an encouragement for young kids as they're growing up and just to make good choices and to give back and go out and make a difference in this world. Teaming her and Winter is hopefully great for people who have physical challenges and who enjoy seeing people overcome those things. Winter has been such an inspiration for me. Isn't she just amazing? Part of the story of Dolphin Tale 2 is how well-known Winter has become in marine biology. So we created this scene for her at the beginning of the movie. I've never done any acting, really. So it's kind of been fun. I, I'm actually really enjoying it. When Bethany and Winter swim together, it's some of the most magical footage in the film. When we shot the scenes, you could feel the extras that were the audience and all of the actors just absolutely captivated. She just becomes a mermaid underwater. That was priceless. The underwater stuff, I mean, it, it's so great because literally they said, all right, Bethany, you're gonna do that? Like right before, like she never even practiced it. I'm like, oh boy. She did it perfectly. She's such a great swimmer and really a great person too. I think I'll stick to surfing, but I feel really honored to be able to get out in the world and share my story and how I've overcome all that I've been through. And I cannot help but share that Jesus Christ is what really got me through and kept the smile on my face when some days were really rough and just always gave me a reason to be thankful. I just feel really blessed to do my talent that God's given me and share that with others. I watched Bethany's documentary on Netflix called Unstoppable, which is obviously different to the dolphin tale that was in the clip. She went through really difficult times. It's well worth a watch. She faced a war in terms of the loss of a limb and potentially the loss of her future. But she didn't she didn't listen to those around her. She chose to trust God. Just like in Numbers, where they paid attention to the spies instead of trusting what God had promised that he said. She needed to do that in her very challenging situation. She had to adapt, she had to find solutions. If you watch the documentary, you'll see it's so clever. Just, I sat there awestruck and it made me think, wow, I need to not be worked up in my current situation at when I'm having to adapt, at when I'm having to find solutions, when, I'm needing to be resourceful, cobble things together in order to make something work at the moment, be it a recipe, be it homeschooling, be it working out how to film this this morning. We need to trust God's word. Feel walls, some of them are not trivial. Some of them are very 
very challenging and very painful. And you need to know that you can trust God. Bethany agreed when she was uh, chatted to by one, one journalist that her life had had more impact as a survivor of a tiger shark bite than it would have ever been as one of Hawaii's best surfers. She is one of Hawaii's best surfers, but she's also a survivor. She's gone through her war. She said, I didn't set out for my life to have great impact, but it's really beautiful to see all the good that comes from such an awful thing. For some of you where there are so many awful things, God is going to bring you through. I don't know what you're facing, but God does. And God has promised to be with you, to help you and to be your guide and to be your fortress. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, would you? Would you ask him to come into your life and to be your Lord and Saviour? For all of you facing a wall at the moment, what's God saying to you this morning? What promise is he reminding you of? Or is he reminding you of his power? his ability to turn things around. Don't be overcome by all the stuff that's being said at the moment. God is going to bring you through your war. Thank you.